everyone. Uh, again, this is Gilbert Jalad. I'm talking to you here from CPLS headquarters. Uh, this is Tufts on Tax, where all your tax law questions are answered here. Any trouble you are having with taxes regarding lawsuits, any trouble with the employers, businesses, friends, and family, uh, even with the IRS, uh, your peace of mind is right here with Mr. T. Scott Tufts. He is the expert and the master when it comes to taxes and tax laws. You can call us again uh, at 877-647-7887 or you can visit our website at cplspa.com or simply email him at stufts at cplspa.com that's s-t-u-f-t-s at cplspa.com now again we're going to repeat this to say that mr tufts focuses on how tax forms and other issues impact people's daily lives in ways that are often overlooked and unknown. Certain tax forms like Form 1099 NEC or Form 1099 Miscellaneous or Schedule K-1 or Form 8082 when filed can lead to litigation. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. And I guess today we will be talking about Form W-9. Yeah. Yeah. So buried within our forms of uh, that, as you were saying, uh, lead to litigation. Mm -hmm. uh, this one's a real interesting one because it's underneath our 1099 filings. And so uh, look forward to talking to the audience about it today. Awesome. So let's start. What is the W-9? So this form? is a form that... Uh, it's very important. It is used by businesses to make a request for their vendors, their um, non-employees, uh, independent contractors, mm -hmm. and other such people to provide them with an accurate or correct taxpayer identification number, employer identification oh. number. Okay. So um, this is the form that a business hands to someone else provides it to someone else so that that party, that vendor, that independent contractor can certify their proper name and their tax ID number under penalties of perjury. Okay. So that, that was my next question. What does it do? <laughs> so again, it does more than what you might think. So when we think of a vendor as an individual person, mm -hmm. they might be providing their social security number. Okay. But if they're a sole proprietorship and they have employees, theoretically, yeah. uh, or they're an LLC, or they're a partnership, or mm -hmm. they're a corporation, they then provide that number, that employer identification number, and they need to provide it. Now, what's interesting here is it gets complicated by, as we've talked about in the past, uh, something called a, um, an LLC that's owned by one person, an mm -hmm. individual, let's say, doesn't have to be, but... But then it gets complicated. So we'll talk about that. Let's and, unpack and that. Mo we mostly talk about the complicated cases. Right. Always. <laughs> that's, always. That's the whole always. point. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so, but, but that's the key. So mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're anyone who looks at this W-9 form, mm -hmm. uh, the, here's, the, here's why it's so serious. If you don't give someone your correct ID number, then you'll face backup withholding. And backup withholding is at 24%. And what does that mean? So that means they take the taxes out 24% off the top if they don't if you don't give them a correct tax payer, oh, wow. taxpayer identification number. Oh wow. So you, so let's say you're silly here 
and mm-hmm. I give you, you're working for me, and mm-hmm. I'm about to pay you, okay. and I give you this form, and you write zero 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 zero. Mm-hmm. you know, heck with you on the form. I'm not telling mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I am required by law under that scenario at the time of payment to cut 24% off the top. Right away. So my procedures, my best practices ought to be at the beginning of our relationship, um, at the moment I hire you to do something for mm-hmm. me or that we establish our relationship, the ideal scenario there would be that we give the form to you then, right? We say, please return this promptly, mm-hmm. not wait until the time of payment and have it uh, incumbent upon you to double check or triple check mm-hmm. that you filled it out properly. And if you need to consult with your accountant or even your lawyer, Correct. Now, that yeah. seems like a lot. But if you get this wrong, then mm-hmm. it creates all kinds of problems for yourself. And you don't want that, right? That's what I was going to ask you. Like, why don't they clarify and make sure to, uh, to enforce this at the beginning instead of waiting till the last second? Absolutely. So you want to do it on the front end to have time to fix it. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that's going on is um, there's a matching concept that's becoming more and more available to the requester side, mm-hmm. which means the requester filing electronically and whatnot might in advance be able to double check your number okay Mm -hmm. but in the past it's always been i'm relying on what you tell me and then the irs has to get involved and notify the requester that the number is wrong and to reach back out to you and get you to fix it Mm -hmm. and that's what we call a b notice so the procedures now are encumbered by the fact that the irs gets involved and then of course when the irs gets involved then that may scrutinize the transaction, scrutinize everything else. And complicate things. Yeah, so what the, the, the thing that gets difficult for folks is that if they are XYZ LLC, but it's wholly owned, meaning that you set up an LLC just for your own business, yeah. your own proprietorship, and you do not elect that LLC to be taxed for federal tax purposes as a C or S corporation. Mm-hmm. You just leave it as is. It's what we call a disregarded entity. Well, the difficulty for folks then is that they're supposed to fill out the W-9 revealing their owner information on line one with their social security number on line one and the and then the XYZ mm. LLC on line two. You understand that? So what happens is folks eventually get motivated. If you look at the line one and two, yeah. The line one and two starts with name as shown on your tax return, and then two is business name. We're going to put and it so, on the Yeah, and somewhere. so what can happen is this process can lead to frustration because folks will say, well, wait a minute, I don't want to give my Social Security number to a, you know, as part of this process. Mm-hmm. So then that goes back to how you set up your entity because if you start off with XYZ LLC and you open up a bank account, Mm-hmm. you might want your bank account opened in the name of what? Your social security number? No, or the, you're going to want an EIN number. Yes. So if you get an EIN number for your sole proprietorship, then you're good to go. Uh, or for your LLC, you're good to go. And yeah. then that separate number, you'll be more comfortable to provide it as part of this W-9 process. Which you makes know? more sense, really, to, to provide that. On yeah, I mean, form. I think I think... I, I still believe that folks, when they come to this kind of decision making, mm-hmm. will will prefer 
these individual owned LLCs will prefer to get that separate EIN number and be provided. So if they haven't done it by now, they're going to want to at the moment that they get a W-9. So they're going to go all the way back to square one and mm -hmm. have to figure that out. And you know what I'm saying? So it, it just kind of goes back to the idea of what number are you using for your LLC? Question. Sure. Now, uh, let's say this individual did not fill the form mm -hmm. and they did the service to this company. Mm -hmm. uh, is that possible that they would do service before they give back the, the, oh, sure. the form? Oh, sure. Happens all the time. Why, why would they allow that? Well, it, you can't. You're, the reality is that folks don't get on top of this paperwork mm -hmm. until either at the time of payment or even after payment. Ugh. And so the problem you get into is what's the incentive to get the form done correctly? If mm. I say to you as part of our contract, you, I've got to have this. Yeah, that, and then that's I, what I and think. And then you're not even going to get a contract with me unless you give me this form. Exactly. That's smarter exactly. than waiting for some problem to get created right sure. later where you've done the work mm -hmm. and I won't pay you because you won't give me the form, right? And they'll say, I've done the work. So they'll say, where is it in our contract that I agreed to provide this form? This form is not mandatory. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Is that why they, sometimes some companies Well, don't think about it. It's not mandatory because I can withhold 24%. So be careful what you wish for. You mm, say to me, I see. you know, what are you going to do? You're going to sue me for withholding the 24% because you wouldn't give me your tax ID number? So some people on purpose, they ignore it trying to so this is like playing games uh, yeah it sounds yeah, to me yeah, because you <laughs> might not want to give me the number mm -hmm. you might want to bury your head in the sand we've mm -hmm. talked about that mm -hmm. you yeah. may not want to just deal with it mm -hmm. right you'll be like I, it's paperwork i don't want to deal with it just pay me my money mm -hmm. correct so it's a uh, it, it it goes down this road of what are you going to do and for businesses my recommendation and, and it's always going to be this way is you do it the same way every time. Make no exceptions. Yeah. Right? Because let's say I, I cut you a break and say, ah, I don't worry about that. And then you enforce it on someone else. And then you enforce it on someone else. And then that person might say, but you never asked Gilbert for his W-9. Mm. So that's kind of shady. Yeah. So you say, <laughs> but it's much better to say, hey, look, we ask this of everyone. You're, you're, you know, we do this mm -hmm. for everyone. This is our policy. Yep. This is what we do. This is what we do. We do it every mm. time. No exceptions. And I think that makes more sense. And that's, and that a, should... that's what we call best practice. Yeah. Do not make the exactly. exception. Do this customarily. Have a vendor file. Mm -hmm. Have this in there. And you even want to log in your file mm -hmm. your contacts with the person, meaning that you want to train your people to get the W-9, but to also keep a telephone log or email mm -hmm. log of their request for that information. And then here's what gets interesting. What happens if the business moves? changes address or even changes name you've mm. got to get another w9 you've got to keep updating it yeah know. and you say please update the information and then the question i get a lot is okay well how often do are we obligated to go get another one mm. so a lot of businesses say well we'll do it annually if not sooner mm -hmm. or we'll do it annually unless we have reason to suspect that mm. whatever so you might write into your contract you agree to provide us um, a response with accurate information on the W-9, um, you know, upon request. Yeah. And then maybe you put reasonableness language in there so mm -hmm. you're not asking someone. So you have to have that in mind and on the contract. At the just, time of the contract. Just in case. 100%.
Wow. And of course, it depends on the services that this other company or this individual with his company doing for you. Is it Correct. something continuous? Is it something just one time? Or is it something yearly, uh, season? Exactly. Uh, depending. Okay. Wow. I didn't know it's so much involved. Yeah. In and if you look at the forum, there's a lot more to it. So there's boxes to check for individual, sole proprietor, or single member LLC, C corporation, S corporation, partnership, Trust, trust or estate, limited liability company, and then underneath that limited liability company, you put a code C for C Corporation, code S for S Corporation, P for partnership, and then you even have an other category. You've got all this information of address, city, state, account number, and then off to the side, you're actually some exemptions and FATCA, which is uh, deal with some foreign account information. All of this is going to be on this form. Mm -hmm. And then you have your part one where you put in your social security number or your EIN number, your employer identification number. And then you've got your certification under penalties of perjury. Now, there are some instructions to walk you through some, some of the real little nuances there. Mm -hmm. But my point is that for our, our audience out there that has limited liability companies, LLCs, you know, you'll hear people say, I have a corporation. And then when you see their initials, they'll have LLC after their name and then you you know then you'll ask them okay well how are you taxed they they might fog over they may not know well mm -hmm. you you can kind of work backwards if you look at the tax form you file every year uh partnerships file form 1065 s corps file form 1120 s as in sam uh c corps just file form 1120 uh trust file form 1041 and then the single member LLC will, will be reported on your Schedule C of your 1040 mm -hmm. unless it elects into one of those classifications. So you see the little nuance. So what I find you know, kind of interesting is when you see the initials LLC, you've got to probe deeper as to how you're taxed. So for anybody out there who gets a uh, relationship started with someone that says, I'm an LLC, that's the beginning of the story, not the end. There's mm -hmm. a requirement to dig and say, well, what kind of tax, how are you taxed under our federal law? See, and how many people want to tell you that? Well, they have mm -hmm. to if they want to be able to uh, do business with you and provide you the proper information. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I have a question about sure. the W-9. Like, you could be, uh, like, single member LLC. You know, mm -hmm. you're providing services and you have several clients. Some of them are individuals and some of them are businesses. So you have to fill that form and give them uh, a copy of for Yeah, so each, I'm the requester. So, so you got to ask, like, who's doing what? So if I pay you, mm -hmm. then I'm requesting that you fill out this form mm -hmm. before I pay you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that you, I can properly do a 1099 mm -hmm. miscellaneous or NEC in the case of mm -hmm. an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. And make sure that I have the proper tax ID number on that form. Mm, of course. Yeah. Right? And um, so that's important. Also, if you're a corporation, mm -hmm. let's forget the LLC for a moment, or let's say you're an LLC that's electing a corporate form. Um, if you can certify that to me, then the law may not require me to do a 1099. Mm. So therefore, now... What gets interesting there is the health and legal fields are, are not, they do not get that exemption. Mm -mm. But for every garden variety vendor out there 
who's uh, doing the work, mm -hmm. if they have a corporate form, either a C corporation in Inc, mm -hmm. INC, or uh, that's not an S, S corp, I mean, that is an S corp, or is an LLC that's elected C or S corp, mm -hmm. then it may be that I don't have to give you a 1099. Oh, I see. Therefore, this form becomes important for me to have you certify that that's how you're taxed. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, in other so words, that's the difference between the 1099 and the W-9? Well, the W-9 is a precursor, mm -hmm. if you will, a necessary part of my 1099 filing okay. system. So you have to have that. Oh, yeah. So and every then, vendor would addition, have a folder, and then in it should be a W-9, mm -hmm. our, our contact log, phone log, email log of how we've reached out I to see. them, and then also the form, and then eventually the 1099, you know, and so forth. And I see this form is just one page, and as every form, <laughs> you have like 10 pages of instructions. Absolutely right. <laughs> and many of the questions that I get are actually answered in the instructions. Oh, So okay. the IRS does a really good job of trying to anticipate questions. Um, but there are some nuances. And, then, uh, you know, and, and I think folks out there, when they're trying to get their tax ID number, using uh, now that one's an ss4 mm -hmm. uh when you get that on the front end of a business you've got to also go through that so for those of you operating as an llc and you want to have a separate tax id number uh, you've got to go through that process with the ss4 because you may have a situation arise where your ss4 um where, where you're required to use a sole proprietorship number you've had previously or not, mm -hmm. uh, it can get a little bit more involved there as well. So the SS4 is another form that may be in your own personal business records as opposed to the vendor. In other words, I'm not going to get you a tax ID number if I'm trying to send you a W-9. Mm -hmm. But when I get back to W-9, it better have the information that matches with the SS4 that you got your EIN number from. From the IRS, which you can do online or whatnot. So. Okay. Well, I know it's sometimes. I mean, of course, the IRS. They do, like you said, they do a great job answering all the questions and and frequent questions. Uh, but sometimes the language is not clear enough, sure. or the questions are not clear to the audience. That's why they come to yeah. someone like you or their own accountant, for example, uh, to, to explain things or help them do that. But when they when it gets complicated and you go through problems, that's when you come in. Right, and, and how litigation comes up is, you remember when we were talking about the 1099 NEC form, non-employee compensation form, um, we talked that it's possible that if a 1099 is issued that's improper mm -hmm. um, and it's vindictive or harassing or doesn't have any truth to it, that there's a special federal tax law that protects you, allows you to go to court, get a minimum of $5,000 damages and attorney's fees, plus any other harm that comes to you because the IRS audits you because of this, um, you have the opportunity to fight back and, and take on that situation if it applies. You need to talk to someone like myself who can walk you through, is that a fraudulent information return situation mm -hmm. as provided under the uh, law, which is section 7434 of the code. Mm -hmm. And the real key there is that it can start from this problem of uh, which ID number and which entity is getting the payment. So it's very important to uh, work through these issues carefully. Of course, we can go on and on talking about this form, but um, to wrap it up, 
and I, I know we mentioned these things uh, while we're talking, but what the best practices to be implemented? So well, like I said, so let's cover it quickly. Yeah. Um, if I'm on this side of the requester form, I, in other words, I need to have this so I don't withhold mm -hmm. uh, and, and won't subject myself to liability, because if I fail to withhold and they find out that I knew I got an incorrect number, mm -hmm. they could hold me liable for that withholding, that backup withholding. So the key here is the best practices focuses on having vendor files that have that identify who your relationship is with, um, has this kind of certification W9 in it, logs in when you requested them, how often you request them, has in all contacts made, you train your personnel to do it this way, you do it consistently, you do it all the time, you make no exceptions. That's the best practices that we talk about. Good training of good people to be on top of this particular paperwork that you have in your file. And it it's either part and parcel of a contract you enter into or part and parcel of the relationship you enter into with all of your vendors. Sounds good and uh, sounds like a plan and everyone should take this advice. And uh, there you go, folks. If you have any questions regarding this form or any form, call us at 877-647-7887. Again, that's 877-647-7887. And as for T. Scott Tufts, he is the expert and the master when it comes to lawsuits about taxes. Anything related, anything got complicated with this form or any form uh, and you uh, went to litigation, you need uh, this expert Mr. T. Scott Tufts and you can always email him at stufts at cplspa.com that's stufts at cplspa.com thank you and we'll see you next time